The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Good morning, everyone. This is Elaine Kalenda coming to you from Boulder, Colorado with the massagepodcast.com. I'm here with my engineer and producer, Jorge Cisneros, and we have a very special guest today. This is episode 27, September 21st, 2011. And uh, we're here today uh, on the telephone from Michigan. One of my favorite people in the massage therapy profession, Sandy Fritz. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, everybody. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule. Uh, we finally nailed you down for this date, and um, we're just excited to talk with you about a number of things. So let me make a few announcements, and we'll get to it. Sounds great. Okay. Uh, well, there's multiple ways to contact us at massagepodcast.com. You can email us or text us at uh, 303-656-9860. Okay, you can leave a voicemail there. You can also send us an email via massagepodcast.com that's www of course in front of that that's our contact page and you can come chat with us uh, live during our recordings also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and now you can download our podcast from iTunes so there's a lot of ways to get in touch with us we hope that you do with your questions any concerns of course we always want to hear about those so now let's get started with uh, Sandy Fritz Uh, Sandy let's start off by first of all I want to say, uh, tell people how I met you, and that was at a conference. I can't even remember the year, but the first <laughs> long the, time ago. Yeah, the first introduction I had to you was um, sitting at my desk at the Boulder College of Massage Therapy. You know how we get books from different publishing companies, and your book landed on my uh, lap. And I tell you what, I saw a book called "The Fundamentals of Therapeutic Massage." It was a groundbreaking book because it was one of the first of its kind in, in modern times. Would you agree with that? Yes. Uh, that had taken it, the topic on as a textbook, a full textbook structure. And if I recall, I actually ended up at the school doing a little conference for you uh, based on you finding that book on right. your desk. So... Uh, that's how we met, huh? That was about 15 years ago. It had to be, yeah. And that was, uh, you know, the rest is history. Uh, so, uh, yeah, then, you know, you've written a lot of books since then. But let's, uh, I want you to talk just, you know, to the folks a little bit about uh, your history, how you came into the profession. We always ask that. We're always curious how people get where they're going and then what you've done. And last, you've done so much. But if you could capsulize that for us, it'd be great. Well, I'm entering, I'm finishing up my 30th year, so I've been in massage therapy a long time. Mm -hmm. When I started years ago, um, it was still, massage was still kind of in the new age movement Mm -hmm. or the uh, people who were kind of rallying against the standardized technological healthcare system and wanting to reestablish more of a interpersonal connection 
uh, Esleyan was big at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deepak Chopra was emerging. You know, there was a lot of that kind of stuff going on. It was yeah. a, like 70s health craze. Yeah. And so um, my journey had to do with a twofold thing. I had hurt myself. I had a daycare center, an in-home daycare center, and I had hurt myself carrying kids around. Mm. Uh, and was helped by trigger point stuff. Bonnie Pruden was on the TV circuit at that time mm-hmm. with her pressure point therapy. And uh, that really helped, and it piqued my interest. And I was also looking for a reliable way to support myself, mm-hmm. because in many situations, a marriage was breaking down, and I didn't want to go back into the bank <laughs> right. work in an accounting situation. I see, so, uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, whenever we're in something like this, we find that there are multiple factors that are the driving force. Right. So I just, I, you know, I just went out there and did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, self-taught initially, uh, then uh, took some... Uh, little tiny workshops here and there. Had the opportunity to learn from um, Irene Gauthier for a small, short program, and mostly seminar taught then after that. Yeah, there weren't a lot of schools back then, right? There weren't a lot of schools. There weren't any, really. Mm -hmm. I think Swedish Institute was in New York. Yeah, that's where I went. And it was small back then when I went. It was only two classrooms. Not much else. Right. So... No regulation to speak of. Um, people were just kind of doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to do charting and documentation. We didn't have to. We didn't even have to know our anatomy. You know, it was, <laughs> That's right. You, you just kind of went out there and did what you did. <laughs> um, but I've always had an inquiring mind. I want to know why. I can actually be annoying about that. And so I wasn't, even though I was emerging during this, exploring this uh, metaphysical New Age kind of thing, I was looking for a more concrete approach. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually found some of that with uh, uh, Dr. Leon Chadow and uh, John Barnes. Right. And from there gave me enough information where I could continue to inquire for myself. Mm-hmm. So um, that I've, I have worked full-time, supported a family and a school uh, doing massage. Still see 15 clients or so a week. Um, about uh, 15 years ago, the school was asked, started a school. It's now in its 25th year. And what, do you have uh, three campuses now in Michigan? No, I've, you know, I've downsized uh-huh. uh, to just the one. Okay. And maybe we can talk about how uh, you have to strategize for stuff like that in this tough economy. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, you know, about 15 years ago, the Detroit Lions organization actually came to us and asked us if we would provide massage. And that started a long-term uh, educational partnership with them. At the same time, the VA hospital here in Detroit uh, also struck up a uh, educational partnership as well as hospice. So we've been out in the field with this for a long time. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, I discontinued the formal partnership with the Detroit Lions. My 
personal client base right now are professional athletes, um, and mostly in Pittsburgh, uh, because just the, the nature of the league, most of the players I originally met in Detroit are now in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Doing a lot of driving, are you? Yeah, that's all right. That <laughs> works really good. Okay. And uh, one one player in particular that I struck a relationship up with, Charlie Batch, uh, he quarterback, he uh, has opened many, many, many doors for me, massage, and my students. So uh, it's interesting how a client will influence your professional career as yes. well. Yes, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That's that in a nutshell. I got my Bachelor of Science degree at Central Michigan University when I was uh, in my late 30s and finished my master's degree when I was in my 40s. Right. <laughs> that's like a total inspiration to me. I've just been lazy about going to college because... <laughs> well, it, mine was motivated because I'd written the books by, or the fundamentals book by then, mm-hmm. but... Um, in an academic situation, such as a community college or uh, in a, a traditional college type of a situation, with the degree structure I had previously, I wouldn't have been able to teach a course out of my own book. Right. Imagine that. So that motivated me, mm-hmm. uh, kicking and screaming to spend the time and the money. Yes, but um, I was once always. I got my attitude straightened around. I actually learned a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, you know, once you get, you know, your scientific mind starts to um, get a yeah. satisfaction about, oh, okay, now that's why that works. And yes, that, um, right. that so just, that's yeah. that. well, that's why you're so smart. I mean, every time I ask you a, a question, you know, we've worked on um, writing questions for the national exam and, and we've, oh, we've been, we've yeah. done a couple of different things together with uh, national and uh, different committees. And I was so surprised when I would ask something simple, what I thought was simple, and then you come up with some, oh, well, it's, you know, breathing is, you know, you have to be careful because of the way the blood gases balance. And I'm like, what? Okay, this lady's smart. Now, a lot of that has been driven by who I would call my my mentors. And um, there were two that really challenged me. One is Dr. Leon Chedda, which you had a chance to have dinner with, he and I. Oh, yes, that was, yes, that was. He's just, the knowledge that comes out of him is incredible. It's scary, yeah. (laughs) But he's demanding, uh, and I'm just so fortunate to have been in such a close relationship with him. And like you should with all mentors, when he said, ask me to do something, you don't him and haw, you just say yes, and then you figure out how to do it. Yes, sir. And then you go home and and figure out. Another individual that was actually a refugee, a physician, uh, out of um, Russia that spent eight years here at the school teaching, and um, he taught me a ton. So, and there is so many Who was that? His name is, well, he has passed now. His name was Dr. David Gierovich. Gierovich, mm-hmm. And um, his story is amazing. Maybe another time we mm-hmm. can talk about that, but... Okay, well, yeah. He did get here into the United States when the Berlin Wall came down and things were really rough for, um, it got very difficult for the Jewish population again in Russia. Mm-hmm. And he was able to get out. He and his wife were able to get out. Um, and then he couldn't bring any of his medical credentials, though, with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. So yeah, I know a couple of... He uh... was physical medicine, and so... 
he uh, was able to utilize those skills by teaching at the school. Yeah, I know a couple of people in that situation, uh, Russian uh, particularly, you know, uh, difficult times for those folks. And they have so much to offer us because they have, you know, I mean, their uh, body work and uh, massage therapy goes back so far. And a lot of the, um, what was written, I would imagine, has been lost uh, for a number of reasons, you know, including right. including important research that was done. And uh, I was able to, you know, being with him for eight years, I was able to be in a position where not only was I able to help him, but what he got in return, what I got in return was just amazing. I bet. A way of thinking, a way of looking at things, a way of framing things. Now, isn't that something that you just can't learn from a book? I mean, you have nope. to have mentors to uh, to guide you and to influence you, at not only your what your hands are doing, but your point of view and your um, your approach to different things. Because everyone that comes in... You know, they're so different. Our clientele is so different and we have to be flexible enough to, I think, it's always been my opinion, to approach everyone differently. I know that there's some systems that say no, but I really believe in... There's no such thing as a mm -hmm. let's do this modality or a recipe for everyone. It's Mm -hmm. all a critical thinking, problem-solving process for to achieve an outcome with a client. Mm -hmm. You and I have talked about mm-hmm. and uh, you know I just I do see that the education is shifting finally okay well this is one of the reasons why uh, I'm really prompted to get you on this show because of uh, the article that you wrote in the massage today what was that two or three times ago now I forget but I opened yeah. it up and there you were on the first front page saying that ed- massage therapy education is well basically a mess in this country because it's all over the place and that article uh, really struck me. I mean, having been a massage therapy educator for the last 30 years, it really struck me, and I, I agree with everything you said in there. And so just uh, for the folks listening today, uh, the, uh, tell us about the, the gist of that article and what prompted you to, to write that. Well, like now, I'm, like, I'm a reluctant writer. Um, I have dyslexia and some things like that that make it not as... Really hard to tell. Uh, make the pro- <laughs> make Thank the God for editors. <laughs> make, yes, that's right. Make the process messy. Um, so typically when you see something like that, me out there, I, I've been asked to do that. And so I was contacted and um, on another topic, actually. And then uh, we, I was chatting with the person that called me and we came up with this and I guess I felt comfortable enough of, of where I was in my own professional career and where the profession is going to just come right out and say, our educational system is a mess. It is, <laughs> it's, we've got to do something about it. And there are, there are things in play right now that we didn't have three years ago that should help us get out of this mess that are not necessarily being... Uh, utilized or modified to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing's perfect when we start. Nothing. Right. Um, but I was frustrated with um, how some were receiving the uh, massage therapy body of knowledge information mm-hmm. that uh, was released uh, about a year ago at the foundation meeting. Maybe maybe it's been longer. Maybe it's been a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. 
and they were nitpicking over a little stuff that was just a matter of a rewrite. Now, when you're an author, you know, your first draft always gets picked apart by an editor, you know? I mean, I, I just I thought what they had produced uh, was not perfect, but I thought it was actually quite good and mm-hmm. could have been a foundation, but it immediately got stalled because people didn't see the big picture with it. They started nitpicking at the little stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we can't straighten out our educational uh, system if we don't have uh, an agreed-upon knowledge foundation right. um, to write from that is taught universally across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, students have to come out with a foundation, a platform, Mm-hmm. And uh, holy cow, you know, uh, you can go to five different schools and get five different ideas about something. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I mean, we just got to get over ourselves. That's right, our terminal uniqueness. And yet, yeah, we're all unique. The uniqueness comes on how well we execute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a very good teacher and I'm a very good massage therapist, and I think I'm a very good writer. I do, too. I'm not writing my own information. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not even doing my own created stuff. It's the same old stuff. Right. Nothing new under the sun. Nothing new. Mm -hmm. And so um, it seems like every time we turn around, somebody's coming up with a new this or a new that. And in the continuing education market, my gosh, that is so confusing for people. Right. And the economic structure right now is people can't afford to waste money and time on something that that promises, yeah, repetitious, repetitions, repetitions, and that promises, yeah, they prom it promises to be the next new thing that there you know is no really going to right. I agree with that, and in, in yeah, there just isn't. Okay, well, um, you know, we do recommend that people continue their education, but absolutely, you've got to be careful. You know how and how will you spend your money and with whom. I mean, they're no, the, tr- and the yeah. The first thing when somebody says to me, "Well, what continuing education should I take?" I said, "Everything stems from anatomy and physiology." Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you really want my recommendation, go take anatomy and physiology <laughs> in any shape or form you can get it, whether it's at a community college or it is a, uh, an online. Program. There are tons of them out there. Some of them are actually free that you can find mm-hmm. in connection with um, universities. Uh, there, there's just a ton of resources. And once you understand the anatomy and physiology, the sciences, then, then you can look at the research that is emerging about the interaction with uh, massage application you can actually think about what you're doing instead of just doing something. Yeah, instead of just trying to learn a, a fancy technique without even understanding what it's really doing physiologically. That's the whole yeah. that's the whole thing. Getting getting really in touch with and having a good understanding of what what you're doing with that person's molecules. You know, I mean really uh, really getting down to the science of it without well, and it is. I yeah. mean the the new fascia works uh, research that is emerging. I was excited about that as anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I was privileged to have been asked by Dr. Chadow to be there at Harvard. I mean, I was there at the groundbreaking of this, and we'll be at the one in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it's not the end all either. It's not, you know, we're excited about it. That's where our focus is. Now everything is fascia, you know, and yada, yada, yada. And uh, and it, that's still just a piece. It's, a, it's Everything kind of attaches to everything and becomes everything and then becomes something else. Isn't that nice? You know, what yeah. we've been saying all along is actually true. Yeah, oh, Ida Rolf, bless her heart. Never had a chance to meet her. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look back and read her historical stuff, she had it right. And if you go back in the history even further, there's this guy named Bumgardner uh, that was writing back in the late 19, or it was very late 1800s, early 1900s. And, you know, he had it right, too. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's the methodology, what we do, our, our use of variety of uh, manual uh, things to exert a mechanical force on the body, that's really... There is a skill to that. There's an absolute skill. And knowing how to manipulate the depth of pressure and the uh, intensity of your method and how how you are going, how long you're going to do it and your location and uh, understanding how those variants affect things and Right. That that takes time. We that have, takes repetition and time. Repetition right. and time. Repetition mm-hmm. and time. Practice. That's why they call and it a I practice. I don't think that's taught enough in the school. I think that the foundational education is diluted with a variety of adjunct modalities. Yep. And people walk out of massage therapy school and don't know how to give a massage. Right. And, the, and you know, we have, okay, anatomy and physiology, I totally agree. Pathology, of course, just fits right in there. But you've also worked with uh, the importance of, and you and Chaitow, uh talk a lot about the importance of palpation skills. And this, oh, yeah. again, is another thing. If a student ever looks at you and says, why do we need to learn palpation? I mean, you almost want to say, okay, you go back to your first day of class and try to figure out what you're doing here. How could you not want to learn as much as you could about palpation when you're getting into massage therapy? It's ridiculous. And and um, Well, palpation is our foundation assessment skill. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of the process we have here at Health Richmond Center in my school, um, one of the few surviving independent-only massage programs. Yes, thank you. Owned, thank you know? goodness. <laughs> Still a few Hanging of those. in there by a thread. Yes, so are we. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, by a by a fascial unit, and I got a little collagen <laughs> holding me together. There. That's right. <laughs> so, All right. Um, is that once you learn the basic application of those mechanical forces, now what looks like and feels like the general full body massage is a very systematic, rhythmic palpation assessment. Including and and then augmented by range of you know, range of motion of the joints, mm-hmm. and you if your if your approach to your general massage isn't that you're missing it. You're missing something, and so is your client. And uh, so assessment skills, palpation. I've got a in uh, fundamentals now. Um, now I have like a whole chapter pretty much devoted to that and i sometimes wonder if it's even ever opened up even in the schools that use the book i open it <laughs> i appreciate <laughs> it too i appreciate it because i'm like, okay someone who understands that palpation is not massage massage is not palpation but the both 
are equally important. And if you come out of your school working like a technician and not a massage therapist, then something is missing from your education. Well, and back to the, you asked me about why I said education is a mess, is that it goes back to this idea of how fortunate I was, and you too, to have had some mentors that took us under our, their wing and mm-hmm. and bossed us around and told us what to do. And Yeah, I had the tall, you were, scary... You were glad you were just in their presence. <laughs> That's right. I had the tall, scary French lady, France Pesselier Graciano, who... You know, was again that European approach where she just—I followed her around like a dog for three you know, months. No, you don't. I had, a, I had a conversation with a couple of students of my own the other day, and um, I said, "What happened to the days of I don't care if you want to do it or not, do it." Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> right, right. Well, so that's another whole conversation. That's a whole different. But thing our with teaching, it. our teacher pool, mm-hmm. don't have we, and it's not that the. Those individuals that are out there teaching in the, in the variety of different educational platforms from corporate schools to community college to whatever, I, I honestly, Elaine, when I am chatting with teachers and I talk with a lot, I haven't found anybody who deliberately wants to go in the classroom and do a bad job teaching. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, they, they do have a good spirit. They're not spirit. coming from a foundation. Right. Well, this this is where I think we've miss the mark and that's focusing so much on competency versus proficiency and so this 500 hour you know which is thank goodness uh eking up each year you know another school will add some hours to their basic program and therefore in hopefully increasing their students competency but it's the proficiency that you need to stay in school a little bit longer to focus on uh you know just not just a particular modalities, but your basic massage therapy routine. Because there's a lot of times where you go into a massage and you walk out saying, why didn't they do the back of my legs? You know, why, you know, I can understand being a little rushed and not getting to things, but not touching the whole body and not looking at the body and treating it holistically while still doing a very good job scientifically, I think is the key there to being, you know, well, really I, proficient. You, know, you want to, you want to get me on a soapbox, Elaine? Yes, I do. Spot work. I just, I have a fit. Um, everything we do should be inclusive in that full body massage. Mm-hmm. And most of the research is indicating right now that's coming out that the benefit we have isn't from some highly focused deep tissue, something or other, whatever that is, uh, and then put a stone on it. It mm-hmm. isn't from that. It is from that systematic movement and sifting through the tissues in a rhythmic manner uh, that is interfacing with multiple physiological mechanisms that's causing something. The, the overall therapeutic yeah, changes. Yeah, and if you yeah. separate that out from that, mm. you, you're, you're missing it, you're losing it, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it gets to be, and again... Uh, I, a lot of our, I think our continuing education is tied into two arenas right now. Uh, for the most part, you've got some sort of a modality method thing over here, like, um, oh, I don't want to uh, name names. Specific because mm-hmm. I don't want to think I'm talking about anybody in particular. Mm-hmm. But like where you. Um, 
are going to uh, work on a particular area in a particular way, uh, and then you're going to add, you know, that that's a modality thing. And then the other side of that is, is you've got a highly focused, um, and let's deal with the mysteries of the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Well, the, you know, that's good, too. There's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. except that, you you know we're working with a whole body here, and you you know you can't just isolate to spot work either. Right. And um, so students are coming out of entry level programs without a firm foundation and basic skills. My God, they cannot do a massage. A really good. It feels like something happened to you, but you don't feel worse. You feel better. Massage. <laughs> And they don't have the body mechanics and the ergonomic skills to do five or six massages a day, five days a week, so they can make enough money to make a living. Yeah, that's that's a real shame of it. Um, and that that is not an unrealistic goal. But you can't teach that and teach shiatsu and teach reflexology and teach this and teach there's just not enough time mm-hmm. i mean we could you can do it in a thousand hour program or you know i think you can uh well i have to not, say but that not because in 500 no not in 500 no i <laughs> that's you know a little bit of this a little bit of that give me just a you moment know, and Sandy. Again, advanced work is just extremely proficient and skilled use of the basics that's the word there i'm talking about is proficiency give me just a minute sandy to say that we're at the Massage Podcast, www.massagepodcast.com is our contact page. You can leave a voicemail or send us a text message at 303-656-9860. Come chat with us live during our recordings and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Or download you can download our podcasts. We have episode we're on 27 today uh, from iTunes. So thank you. We're continuing our conversation with Sandy Fritz. Uh, Sandy, talk to me about these, these the latest books that you have coming out seem to be more focused, um, like on the cervical and upper extremity and writing oh, with, Dr. Yeah, writing Dr. with Chaitel uh-huh. has a- asked me to do a series of, cause he's, he is a marvelous, marvelous, uh, author mm-hmm. and manual therapist, but he's a European trained osteopath. That's that's different than an American-trained osteopath. Mm-hmm. He's also a naturopath. So he asked if I would work with him to target major outcomes, major uh, areas of focus to massage therapists. So um, that's what we did. We we just released the final one. There's four in the series. Mm-hmm. There's a massage therapist guide, too. And there's... Uh, trigger points, um, and then there's headache and neck pain, low back pain, and then the final one that just is releasing is Massage Therapist Guide to Pain. And um, so what it does is it, it takes and sets a foundation, uh, what's available in the research, what do we, how have we translated who has translated that research into practical clinical application? What are the ver- variations on all of that? What are the assessments that are used to determine what outcomes are appropriate for massage? Um, how do you then 
blend in some a little bit more focused interventions that are modifications out of osteopathy or whatever that can be adapted safely and appropriately for massage to uh, address potentially a uh, impingement or uh, mm-hmm. a SI joint or something like that. Um, and so it's very, very helpful. I have to laugh about that, Zoe, and I was on Amazon checking some stuff out, and it speaks exactly to where we're talking. That was a review out there on the Massage Therapist Guide to Headache and Neck Pain, and the reviewer gave it one star. Mm-hmm. And so I went in and I looked at it, you know, what the comments were, and it said, well, there was only... 25 pages on how to do the massage. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it said everything. There was information about, you know, the anatomy and the physiology and the research and the and adjunct therapies and what other professions would do and all of that. And he oh, said yeah. it was worth it. Oh <laughs> and that's exactly what we need. We need to know. So what is another healthcare professional going to do? Right. How mm-hmm. is that going to, how is what I know how to do going to complement right, because or interfere with? How do I talk about that? <laughs> all these, <laughs> yeah, they're all clamoring to get into, you know, medical clinics and hospitals and I want to work with a doctor. Well, you know. You know, and again, it's, you know, it, and somebody says to me, well, what are you going to do about a headache for a massage? And I said, well, I'm going to give them a massage. <laughs> <laughs> really? What about the I'm gonna, head? I'm going to start, you know, however they lay down, and I'm going to do a full body massage, and I'm going to palpate through the tissues, and if I find an area that replicates their headache pain, I'm going to pay a little more attention to it. <laughs> oh, we're just so old-fashioned, you and I. You know, I mean, there's just no big, there's just no quick answer for this stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that we don't, you and I and the others that are out there, We, I know my anatomy and physiology inside out. I know you do. Uh, and I'm learning it every day. I mean, you know. You know, and I'm always learning. We're it. always learning more. That's the other thing. You know, you have to stay teachable because there's always some somebody or some book that knows more. And that's why you keep studying. I mean, for well, are you ever going to yeah. be finished really studying any one part of the human anatomy? I don't think so. You, you, just, you just never, you never are done. Never. Right. Or do you guys um, do cadaver labs for your students? Um, I don't have access for cadaver labs. But um, I, on the other hand, dissect a turkey in the classroom. Oh, do you really? Yep. Well, that that works for me, you know. It does work. It works really well. And then we use a lot of uh, ancillary systems, and we use the clay, and we because learning theory is that you've got to see the same thing, do the same thing, hear the same thing, Mm -hmm. multiple ways, each time novel, you know. Mm -hmm. And and of course, now back to the teaching. This is the this is a problem when clinicians teach. People have been out there doing stuff. They don't have all of the learning theory, um, and uh, you have to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat, but you can't repeat it the same way over and over. That's where a flashcard breaks down, for example. It's not a, not always a good learning tool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. 
Your brain will just stop looking at it. You know, your eyes might, but your brain won't process. Yeah, there's. You've got to learn the multiple layers. I mean, that's why we're using yeah, the mannequin. We still who use has the four part. Gil uh, Headley, yeah. Video. Very yeah. good. Yeah, he's a good very, guy very too. Very good. And Gil can be a goofball too, just like all of us. Thank goodness, you know he's a little, um, you know, like uh, I love yeah, like what he does, and I tell everybody I come in contact with. Right, those four DVDs they're going to cost you less than a hundred bucks, and watch them on fast forward, watch them on slow, listen mm-hmm. to them, don't listen to them. Right, over and over and over and over to let that become integral, a part of what you are doing. Yeah, he has a great, uh, a great way of teaching and a great view of uh, uh, the oh. human body and humanity, really. He brings a lot of soul into his dissection. Yes, he does. And, and if, you know, if you personally don't like that, then ignore it. Right. I or, you have... know, get David Kent's stuff. I mean, he's just right matter of fact and also very good, I think. You no, know, but there's multiple resources out there. And again, on the web, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've done the Essential Science for Therapeutic Massage textbook. And... Um, that's now going into its fourth edition. And there are, a year ago, they had me do a full, uh, comprehensive, accompanying online course so that that can easily be presented in a blended system in the educational process. That's fantastic. I and love that book. You don't have, I mean, you don't have to create anything as far mm-hmm. as the online stuff goes. It's all done for you. You just got to log on. Right. And... Um, I love that book, uh, by the way. I could do that. Mm-hmm. I could take people all over the place on the web. Right. Not and to mention Primal Anatomy, which is also very good. Yep, there's another one. It's a good three-dimensional. And, uh, here's the, and here's the all the blood supply of the, and the nerves that supply the um, subscapularis. Yep. I mean, these are, uh, nerves are also very understudied and undertaught yep. in massage school. So they get out there and they, what the heck? They're embedded in the fascia. They run in the fascial cleavage planes or Mm -hmm. where the compartments are bundled in on themselves. Oh, let me rewrite, let me rewrite the, uh, (laughs) the courses for massage therapy. Even at the basic level, I think they're still under teaching the nervous system. And after all, that's, that's where it all comes from. I mean, you know, uh, it's one thing to, a lot of people, you'll get a full body massage and they'll barely touch your spine. This is another one that gets to me. Yeah, it's a bunch of, bunch of myths have got to be dispelled. Mm-hmm. When I did the science book, I reordered how stuff was presented and I did a, the first unit was just a general overview of everything. The second unit is the nervous system. Thank you. That's how important I think the nervous system. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and the Bob Bob King would also say, "Well, that massage, you know, he likes when I call it death by effleurage, because there's <laughs> just nothing to it except lotion and you know, fluff, and they almost get to you. They almost reach you, you know. And I tell yeah. my students, unless you're massaging the bones and the periosteum, it's not deep, and I don't care how deep you press." It's not really deep unless you're making that full contact. We talk a lot about that as a quality uh, that yeah. has to leave with you when you leave this school. You know, you have and, to get and, it. You know, it's another thing. The deeper you want to uh, displace the tissue. So if you want to get down to like a, I do it, I talk about it like this. I talk about it like a bologna sandwich, okay? <laughs> so there's the bread, then there's the bologna there's the bread. So we've got the skin, superficial fascia, all of that. Then you've got 
the muscle layer. And I, and I always want more than one piece of bologna on my bologna sandwich. <laughs> so I have two or three pieces of bologna on there. So there's layers of, of compartmentalized muscle structure. And then there's the, the bony structure underneath. All right. So if I want to get down to that second piece of bologna, i got to go through the bread, the mayonnaise, the tomato, and then i got to get through the first piece of bologna without damaging it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get to the second piece. To get to the second piece. I like that analogy. I thought you for a minute that you were going to forget the mayo, though. No, it's on there. a little That's, nervous. You know, everything has to slippy lane. Right. You know, hey, you know <laughs> what? Everything's got to be slippery. Your advanced so, anatomy class, do you move on to, like, the uh, roast beef hero? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but if I'm going to get down, if I use my finger or a narrow, God forbid your thumb, if I, if I use a narrow base of support, push down through that sandwich, I'm going to create an awful hole in my sandwich. And you're going to wreck it. But if I use a broad-based compression and I move down slowly, things will give. They'll get out of my way. And they're going to slide. And uh, then I can get down and affect what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I do with the turkey is I uh, move the layers apart, and then I have the students put their hands in between two layers of muscle in there. And then I'll lean on it, like mm-hmm. I'm leaning on... Um, tissue to do a massage. Oh, that's brilliant. And, uh, and I say, tell me as soon as you feel me, which means that that would be a significant pressure enough to be able to start to displace or slide or move that tissue. And it's not much. Mm-hmm. And this is what confuses people. Right. What we're not that, is, yeah, we're, I always tell them that too. You say, we're not that deep. You don't have to be. We're just human. We're not really that deep. Yeah, but what I do think is missed in the qualities of touch is the concept of drag. Mm-hmm. Um, and the connective tissues respond to that tension, working at bind and not bind. Right, bind and, so and I ease. Think and, that yeah. we mm-hmm. got to get past the slipping around because once you, not so much about deep, you use your depth of pressure to get where you want to be in the anatomy. But then you need to, to move that tissue at that point. And then that's where your idea of uh, drag and um, uh, leaning into it comes from. And I don't think that's taught either. I tell people it seems to me like they're either massaging the top piece of bread or the bottom. Nobody gets to the bologna. (laughs) (laughs) It's too light or it's too deep. All right. Right, and then there's, the problem is in the second piece of bologna. <laughs> <laughs> You're making a mess out of that sandwich there. For Pete's sake. Uh, oh boy. So we've got a, a lot of uh, we got a long place to go, and we're trying to bring our instructor pool up. Uh, we've got to get uh, people that truly want to teach well, and I believe they do. They've got to. They've got to be proficient in their skills. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, this is the other thing that bothers me. Oh, well, I don't know, have to know anatomy. I teach basic slide massage or Please, or I want to shoot myself when they say oh, that. Oh, don't tell me that. You want me to stomp around. That's not true. You know, and anatomy instructors need to know massage. Thank you. They need to know how that works. Now, they don't have to be a massage therapist necessarily. No. Mm-hmm. 
just like a massage therapist doesn't have to be an anatomist. Yeah, but it but does there help. There is an absolute cause and effect and an overplay here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why when we teach them from the mannequin system at the school, and it really, you know, then they go into the next room and they do the palpation that of the muscles they just built. That's and right. Then they get to the massage class, and then they put it all together there, hopefully. And but I, we, you know, there are teachers that do say that. Well, doing Swedish massage, we don't want to. You know, bombard our students with all those muscles. Well, I just no, want to take you, them out in the yard. Keep reinforcing it from the beginning. That's the whole idea: is the build on the build up yep, the build that bologna sandwich. Build. <laughs> you know, so the teachers need to uh, a group of teachers that teach together. They need to come together and understand what one is doing, so that it, they complement it and don't conflict. There needs to be an understanding of learning theory. Right. Um, not. I'm not talking about. Oh, I'm a kinesthetic learner. Oh, I'm a visual learner. Not no, that. not that. I'm talking about what is the difference between a linear system and a spiral system? Mm-hmm. Uh, do the uh, spiral system is where you keep going back and reviewing and bringing the information forward. A linear system is you have your class. That's it. You'll never see it again. <laughs> um, that's not effective. Um, that uh, how do you how do you reinforce retention through uh, novel repetition? How do you do all of that? Mm-hmm. Um, in the online course, I actually had the opportunity in the, with the sciences to set it up that way. I was able, with the resources of moving around on the web and all the animations I had available and stuff, I could keep going back and bringing information forward. Mm-hmm. Teachers need to understand that. They need to know how to use technology. Yeah, they, they, yeah. there's got to be know, some yeah, movement forward. Now, and I have dyslexia, and I was totally computer literate, and I figured it out. So. Yeah, and I am no genius in this area. Down <laughs> to the point where you just got to turn it on and push a button. That's right. And hope for the best. <laughs> get over yourself and get on with it. Thank you. And now, how does research uh, playing playing a part in your um, in your curriculum? Well, research. No, I'm not going to be a researcher. No, but okay. do you do you make your students do case reports or anything? Do you encourage um, that? I am a big. Uh, supporter of the case report process through the um, foundation. Right. Not because I want to teach my students how to be a researcher. I think the case report system is a beautiful setup for critical thinking and outcome-based massage. Mm-hmm. I agree. And now, do we need researchers? Absolutely. But what my students need is to be research literate. Right. They need to know how to find it, evaluate it, check for validity, compare and contrast, and translate it into clinical practice. Yeah. And that's how um, I work with it and um, try to get them to think within the scientific method, which isn't perfect either, but it, it, it's not bad. So... Um, and we're never going to know everything in life. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be mystery, and that's okay. Yeah, keeps it interesting. But we can't be out there saying that massage does this and massage does that when research has absolutely shown that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. We can't do that either. We need to stay up to date and competent with that. Right. So I uh, love the case report process 
because it reinforces the idea of what it takes to really analyze what you're doing, um, and it provides a model of how to wade through that type of a process. Right. It also adds to the very little we have in regards to the case reports in massage therapy. I mean, right. we have so few that are actually published in modern times. It's pathetic. So, uh, And I'm a real, if you ask me what is the single most important organization in the massage community right now, I'll tell you it's the foundation. Massage Therapy Foundation, absolutely. I agree with that. And uh, if you're going to support anyone, support the foundation. Yeah. If you were going to go to any meeting, go to the meetings that the foundations put on every two or three years. Because mm-hmm. it gets expensive to go to all of these meetings. Yeah. Well, that last uh, conference, in, what was that, in May last year? Um, research conference? Was that in May? It, in May I in don't Seattle. where it was, but it the was one in Seattle. wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, that's where we had lunch with Leon Chaitow. Yes, we went is. there to the Indian food restaurant yeah. and... <laughs> And ate a lot of Indian food, so I can remember I was so full. Um, you know, and you know what? As we're winding down here a little bit, those that are listening, um, we really need to honor our mentors. We, we need to look at this thread of uh, truth that just keeps emerging and emerging, and that and try to get better and better and better at that. I was so fortunate to be with some truly great people. And um, I, I, you got to be around a long time before you can be a mentor, too, mm-hmm. which means that those we are mentoring have to put up with our idiosyncrasies <laughs> and forgetting where we're putting something and all that because... You're not going to find a 25-year-old mentor around. Right. Do you hear that, my students, my darlings? <laughs> Mentors have been around a long time. They've mm-hmm. made their mistakes. They've learned from them. They've gone back to school. They've had to reevaluate what they thought was true multiple times because things change. Right. I don't think I ever teach a course the same way anymore because it's always something new and wonderful emerging that I say, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I told them that last year. Well, it's and not we have to be, accurate. We have to get to the point where we can admit that, you know what, I told you that, and guess what, it's, that's not what it is anymore. Hey, geez, I used to tell them don't work on people with cancer when I first got started. Look what's <laughs> happening now, right? I know. So I don't That's one of our major areas of benefit research. Fantastic, yeah. Well, Sandy, uh, we are winding down. Let me let me ask you this. Um, we usually try to come up with a tip of the day or some accessory that every massage therapist should have. What do you find that's you know really important to have around when you're doing massage therapy in your practice? Avoid gimmicks. Avoid gimmicks. Good. That's a good tip. There are a lot of right. them out Avoid there. Avoid yeah. your gimmicks and uh, become extraordinarily skilled with your basics. That's wonderful. That you know. Watch it, me do a massage. I, I guarantee you, you're going to be bored because it ain't amazing. <laughs> but it works. But it's good. It, it's good and it works, and that's what that's so wonderful about it. My massage too. I, I think it's very um, simple. Really, very simple, and that's why I think it 
it, it reaches the person down to that level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay focused on your client. Yeah. A professional relationship is truly where the energy goes towards them. And for God's sake, please care about them too. Don't be so worried about your boundaries that you don't care about your people. Yeah, ooh, I know what you mean by that. A person uh, who is so clinical that you just, just really. <laughs> this has been grand. I am so pleased that you're doing this, Elaine, as a platform for uh, others to be able to. Uh, you know, no, I tell I tell people all the time, don't believe me. Mm-hmm. Gather what information I have. Right. And go confirm it. Right. Um, no one's got the answer. Right. And try no try different things. You know, don't be afraid you know, you to need explore. To figure it out for yourself. You need to learn to become your own best teacher. Um, just because I said so doesn't mean that that's the way it is. And that's uh, across the board. Well, I think all good teachers need to need to convey that and not feel like, so, well, this is absolutely the truth, right? Today it's the truth. Tomorrow it could be a big myth that, you know. Just. Well, and students have the responsibility to challenge their teachers appropriately, no just complaining. Thank you. <laughs> All right. But to challenge appropriately, uh, back it up. Mm-hmm. Before you go and say, I think that you misspoke on this, then you go do your research. Go right. look on the Internet and, and make sure you're on Google Scholar or PubMed or something like that. I don't want some woofy thing out there. Wikipedia. Um, and... Uh, you know, challenge your teachers. When you go to take a continuing education class, ask them to give you the research. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. But what, if they don't have research validating it, then ethically they should tell you that. Right. It's their own thing. Well, and Sandy, the, um, b- before we go, before we're done, we need to know how to contact you. The best way to reach you, contact you. Oh, uh, probably uh, the easiest thing to remember is my website, um, and then there's ad- there are links that go to the school, and I'm playing around with the process of blogging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's going <laughs> to be fun. That's going to be fun. I'm having fun with it. I'm having a good time. But it's real easy. It's sandyfritz.info. S-A-N-D-Y-F. R-I-T-Z. Info. Okay, info. good. We'll post that on our website as well. And um, my, I have somebody that helps me with that, and so we are really good about making sure that we respond to what people are, are asking us for. Wonderful. Uh, and again, Elaine, you've been such a joy in my life for all these years, and anticipate that that will continue for a very long time. Absolutely. And, Hopefully uh, the next what? time we'll be on some tropical island somewhere, though, you know, <laughs> discussing this over uh, some wonderful joys of life. I just want to thank everybody for listening today, and thank you again, Sandy, for coming on to the show. So uh, we'll have you back in a couple of months again and see where things are at then. Oh, I would love it. Okay. Well, so long, everyone. And we'll see you next time. We're going to be announcing our next show on our podcast website, www.massagepodcast.com. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Jorge. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody.